Hey, everybody. Welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm your host, Rick Johns. And I'm Will Johns. Today, we are delighted to talk to you about the topic of boundaries. As we like to do on this podcast of Best Thoughts, we are always looking to share with you the best thoughts that we've come across. And today, we're talking about some of the best thoughts that we've gleaned from the book, Boundaries, by Dr. John Townsend and Dr. Henry Cloud. That's right, Will, and boundaries is such an essential part to any healthy relationship. In fact, just preparing for this conversation reminded me so much of all the challenges we have as human beings around this concept of boundaries. And of course, Will, this piggybacks on our first two episodes of this season, talking about being self-differentiated which is a similar concept because boundaries is about protecting your own health in a healthy way relating to other people. And it's something I was thinking about for my journey, Will. It's been a long process, and I wouldn't even say I've arrived. I still really wrestle with where are these appropriate boundaries. But one thing I remember when I was young and in, in college and dating, I remember my girlfriend at the time, she was someone who was a little bit, uh, how should we say it? She didn't have the strongest boundaries and she also didn't want me to have the strongest boundaries. And I learned this pretty quickly because immediately she started trying to change my schedule, change my life, make changes and telling me what I needed to be for her. Mm. And it's easy for mm. me to kind of look back at that and be critical. For instance, I remember I used to attend uh, several small groups during the week in college that I really enjoyed. One of them was just like a little devotional thing, and then we would play games afterwards. Another one was like a prayer thing. Of course, I was a theology major, so I was all into, and we had like another small group Bible study on another night. But I enjoyed it for the fellowship. I enjoyed it for the spirituality. I enjoyed it for a number of reasons. But as I started dating her, she kept saying, well, why do we have to do all these groups? Or why are you going to all these groups? You know, why don't you spend time with me? Mm. And so I started uh, dropping out of these groups. I started pulling away from friends. And we've all seen this happen in relationships. And maybe it's happened to one of our listeners too. But lest I present myself as being perfect in this matter, I too was criticizing what she was doing. So... I remember she wanted to try out for the school play that year and she wanted to go and audition and she was excited about it. And I remember telling her, no, don't do that because then you'll have rehearsals like three or four nights a week. It's just too much and we won't have any time together. So I did the same thing to her that I didn't <laughs> like she did to me. And I think this is a law about the boundaries is if we don't have boundaries ourselves, then other people won't respect our boundaries. Yes. And we won't respect their boundaries. They won't respect our boundaries. And, and Rick, let me jump in there just to, I love this story to get us started today because what I see is lose-lose in your story. Yes. So, so you lose out on these groups that you really enjoy and she loses out on this drama thing that she would have really enjoyed. And, and you both lose because you're trying to force the other person to do it your way. Right. And we both are not respecting boundaries. Yes. We both don't have yes. good boundaries. 
And so we feed into each other and it becomes in a meshed relationship where there is no healthy space for that individuality, for respecting the other person and who they are and what they like and what they enjoy. And uh, I want to fast forward to just continue this story. It's interesting. So I ended up marrying her and that marriage was rough. And many of you I've mentioned, I went through a divorce and it was a really hard thing. And it wasn't just because of boundaries. There were many, many other uh, big issues and factors in that. But then fast forward later in life, I'm dating now in my 40s. And I meet this woman who has incredibly healthy boundaries. And at first, I find that a little annoying because <laughs> mm. I'm not used mm. to it. Okay. She, yeah. she can tell me no. She can say, well, I've got to do this or I want to do this. Or, yeah, I am going to go away for a weekend with my girlfriends and we're going to have a great time. And, you know, that's what I want to do. And at one moment, I really respect it. But also on the other moment, I'm a little threatened by it because, wow, someone who can tell me no wait a minute, am I going to get all my needs met? Am I going to get what I want? So boundaries can be kind of scary, but at the same time, the woman I'm married to now, we have such a healthier relationship. And just as I mentioned before, because she has healthy boundaries, she respects my boundaries. And so the things that I want respected and the time and the space that I need, she respects. So it's a win-win. Yes. Really, it's the only possibility for a win-win in any relationship uh, because boundaries are also about being honest and standing up for who we are as people and what our goals and values are. And, and when we don't have those, then uh, we're just going to kind of drift along according to someone else's plan for our life. Exactly. Uh, and that never feels good. <laughs> and it's a cop-out and we really miss out on developing who we are and developing into the person that I believe God made us to be. So these boundaries kind of, everything kind of hinges on being able, it's it's about priorities, it's about values. And Rick, I'll add this as well, that I would argue that you cannot have healthy relationships without boundaries. Absolutely. And one of the simplest arguments in favor of that statement is a, is a story that I'd like to share with you uh, very quickly from when I was a young pastor. I had recently gotten my own church for the first time. I was the, the lead pastor of this church. And I had ambitions that weren't even fully conscious in my mind. They were there, but they, they weren't perfectly clear. But I get into this situation and there's this fear of failure inside of me. What if I mess up? What if I'm not good enough? What if this church doesn't like me? And so I'm, I'm driven to, to do my best. To, to, it's almost a perfectionistic kind of thing. And, and I'm going to be the world's greatest pastor. And at a certain point, I remember sitting down and working on my schedule. And I was scheduling essentially every minute of my day from 7 a.m. in the morning to 11 p.m. at night. And it was the most insane schedule you could have ever uh, imagined. <laughs> and I color-coded this thing. It was like a, an Excel file. It was, it was ridiculous. 
and uh, very, very little time for downtime in mm. that schedule. And guess what I was feeling at that time, Rick? Mm, Any stress? guesses? <laughs> anxiety? <laughs> yes. Stress, anxiety, and massive amounts of resentment. Mm. Because here I was giving my heart and soul to my job, not getting out of it whatever I thought I might get out of it. And guess what was suffering in the process? Your relationships. All my relationships. <laughs> And here's why I say you can't have healthy relationships without boundaries. If, if I hadn't learned through that painful experience, and we'll talk about the, this law of sowing and reaping here in just a little bit, but if I hadn't learned through that painful experience that having no boundaries at work led to misery mm. and resentment and burnout, I may not have ever set the boundaries that I needed to at work. Hmm. But without boundaries at work, there's no time for relationships. Yeah. There's, it's just not there. It's not in the schedule. Yeah. And maybe there's a little bit of time, but then there's no energy for the relationship. Yeah. And so the, the, the time that I gave to my family during that, that period of my ministry was the leftovers where I was burned out and exhausted and yeah. so they were getting the worst version of me. Yeah. So this lack of boundaries at work, destroying my relationship with my family, and then don't even talk about friendships. I didn't have friendships during yeah. that time. Yeah. Because I put all of those on hold. So I was a very, very, very unhealthy person during that period. And that's why I can speak so passionately about boundaries today. Absolutely. I think all of us have probably learned the hard way. Uh, anyone listening today could probably tell some story about their lack of boundaries and the hard lesson that they learned. And maybe somebody's listening is in it right now. They're, they're in a relationship that's dysfunctional and destructive, and they're just struggling. And so this podcast is for you. <laughs> we, can, we can remind you that healthy boundaries are appropriate, and they can make a huge difference. And Will, to your story about work, I think this is an American problem in the mm -hmm. highest degree. In our mm -hmm. culture, we really value productivity. You are valuable because of what you can produce, how many hours you can put in. You watch television and movies, American television movies. It's all about the person's a hard worker and they're putting in 80 hours and they're climbing the ladder and they're getting rich. And then maybe they have some time on the weekend to, to blow off steam and and it's just this picture that this is what life is supposed to be. But like you said, work comes before relationship. And that's not biblical. That's not accepted as the norm in other cultures. Mm. I remember when my, my wife and I went on our uh, honeymoon just a few years ago, and we went to Spain, and I had never been there. I went to Barcelona and some really cool places. But one thing that just blew me away was the change in culture and how relationship was obviously a top priority in that culture. Ah, uh, yes. Work was like, I don't know, third or fourth on the list. <laughs> but I loved it. It was so refreshing, and it felt so much healthier. Just seeing people just sitting around, talking, eating, laughing, neighborhoods in Barcelona where the people just gathered every evening, and they all knew each other, and they were all talking and smiling and, and friendly. 
And you could see that relationship was their number one priority. Yes. And I think that's the way it's actually supposed to be. We are creatures of relationships. So getting this right is crucial. And as you said, Will, if you don't, your life is filled with stress, anxiety, resentment. There's nothing filling you. And what I would add to that, Rick, is that the way it's worked for me moving forward from that disastrous time in in, in my life in terms of boundaries and terrible schedule (laughs) is that I've carved out time that's relational time. And the beauty of that is that you're basically saying no to work so that you could say yes to relationships. And, and here's a principle of boundaries that, that we should not pass over quickly, is every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. And so as we analyze my work story, because of fear, maybe because of perfectionism of some sort, or, or because of my ambition to be the best, I was saying yes to work constantly. Mm. But I was unconscious of the fact of all that I was saying no to. Yeah. I, I was saying no to my health, but I was majorly saying no to important relationships. Yeah. And you know, you remind me of the uh, second principle there that uh, you had referenced earlier, Will, which is the principle of sowing and reaping. Mm. The principle of sowing and reaping. And this, of course, is in the Bible. It's just common sense <laughs> when you look at life. We, we use the word consequences. Every action has a consequence. I really find it helpful to view life not so much through the theological lens of is this right or wrong, but through the growth lens of what will be the consequence of my choice yes. and being intentional because A lot of times things aren't just black and white. They aren't just right and wrong, but everything does have a consequence. And so we should be thoughtful with our choices. We should be intentional with our time. We should put boundaries around our priorities so that we can get the consequences that we're looking for. Yes. Now, if you don't do that and you don't get the consequences, then if you learn from it, it's still valuable. It's still very valuable. And that's why we as parents, we in our relationships have to set boundaries because we have to let people experience the consequences of their choices. Mm. This Mm. is a huge issue with parenting where parents being as loving as we are and our kid can do no wrong and we just, you know, think the world of them, we often rescue them way too quickly. And so they... They may make a bad choice and we swoop in and take the consequences. And then what are they learning? They're learning they can make bad choices. They can be irresponsible. They can spend all their money and still get more money. We're, we're actually doing them a huge disservice yes. when we do this. And we might do it with a, disunc- a dysfunctional relative that always is struggling. And we just keep swooping in to bail them out. And they never fully experience the consequences. They never fully take responsibility for their life. You can't live their life for them. Yes. And Reg, I have to add, this kind of goes back to your opening story, that the fear of losing a relationship, mm. and that, that could be true about our relationship with our kids and why we, we don't let them experience the consequences of their choices and we swoop in, 
Um, but it, it, it's probably most likely to happen in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship where there's so much at stake because we don't want to lose that relationship. Yeah. But there comes a point in any relationship where we need to know who we are. This comes back to the principle of a solid self or a self-differentiation mm-hmm. from systems theory. We need to know who we are enough to say, on these points, I, I, I can't bend. Yeah. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I don't know for sure how the other person will react to me when I you know, say that. And we don't have to do this in an angry way. We right. don't have to do it in a mean-spirited way. We, we even can, can put it out there very humbly. But we just say, this is where I'm at. And, and, and if that's a problem for you, you know, let's talk about it. Yeah. And, and, and this isn't a way to manipulate another person to say it's my way or the highway. I'm not talking about that. No. That's an abuse of boundaries right. <laughs> for your own purposes. That's a manipulation. It's just saying, this is, this is me. This, is, this isn't negotiable. Even, even the statement, I really don't want to, <laughs> is, yes. is a starting place. It yes. doesn't mean I won't. It doesn't mean I, I won't ever do it. But it's just letting them know, hey, you know, I really don't want to do that. And expressing that instead of just doing it and being resentful. Yes. And like you said, Will, in the Boundaries book by uh, Townsend and Cloud, they mention a lot of times we are afraid that we're going to hurt someone's feelings. And he points out there's a difference between hurt and harm. Mm. And as Christians, as humans, we don't want to harm other people. We're not trying to damage them or hurt them, you know, harm them. Now, a boundary may hurt them. But hurt isn't always bad. And one of the things they point out in their book is we, we, and especially in American culture, we think, oh man, if you hurt someone, that's bad. Pain is bad. We, we're in a culture that escapes pain, you know, at every turn and tries mm. to get away from it. But actually pain teaches us a lot. Pain is a good thing. It teaches us, oh, wait, this is wrong. I touch a hot stove. Oh, I should not leave my hand on that hot stove. That yes. pain is a good warning. Don't do that again. You're going to damage your skin and your fingers or whatever. Same thing in our boundaries. When we have some pain there, it's teaching us something. And so we need to learn and we need to let others learn. That's that whole uh, rule about reaping and s- sowing and reaping. So if we let those in our relationship bear the consequences of their choices then they learn. And it's not harm. It may be for their best good. So imagine imagine a woman who's married to an alcoholic. And he's fine when he's sober, but when he comes home drunk, um, he gets physically aggressive and violent with her. So what a boundary looks like in that uh, situation is she says to him, you're not allowed in this house when you're drunk. Yeah. The next time, or I, I, I let, me, let me rephrase that. I will not be in the same room with you when you're drunk. The next time you come home drunk, I'm leaving. Yeah. And does it hurt his feelings? Yes, it does. But when she follows through on that boundary, 
number one, that's the only way to keep from harming herself. Yeah. Because if she has no boundary, now she's harming herself. She's putting herself yeah. in harm's way. And if there are kids there, it's uh, doubly, you know. Then it's even more crucial. Yes. Yeah. You know, me and the kids will not be in your presence yeah. when you're drunk. So then she, she follows through. She leaves. And, and he gets mad and he calls her up and he cusses her out and whatnot. And, and she hangs up the phone on him. And now he's got nowhere. And he sits there alone in his pain. And he says, I don't want to live this life. And maybe he changes and maybe he doesn't. And maybe that, that moving out of the house becomes a, a permanent thing. Yep. But whatever it, however it plays out, the importance and the picture of what a classic boundary looks like. Now let's back that down. That's an extreme example. Yeah. And I understand, you know, probably a lot of you are not living with an al alcoholic person and needing to set boundaries at that level. And may, but maybe you are. And if, if so, uh, that's a picture of what it looks like. But at this smaller level, here's, here's, the, here's the red flag to pay attention to. Look for the feeling of resentment in your own heart. Mm. If you're feeling that, chances are you've got a boundary issue with another person. Yep, absolutely. Resentment is the biggest sign saying, hello, there's something not right here. Yes, because if you're feeling resentment, strong resentment on the inside, uh, the relationship is on its way to the, to an end. Yeah. Relationships cannot survive resentment. And this just brings me, Rick, to a very practical starting point for anyone out there who's listening to this. Start with the small stuff. Yes. Start with your smallest but but most deeply annoying little things. You know, so yep. if you're if, if you're in a relationship with someone and and uh, let's say they call you all the time. And it just annoys you. Well, well, here's here's step one. Don't answer. Just yeah. don't answer. <laughs> That's the boundary. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. And if you want to say something, feeling guilty, you can you can just next time you talk to him, just say, "Hey, listen, you know, I'll answer the phone when I can, but I'm pretty busy. I can't I can't be available to you all the time. So I will answer when I can. I will call you back when I'm able. But you know, just want to let you know." I may not answer every time you call. Yeah. And guess what? Here's what's so empowering about this. Problem solved all on your shoulders. Like you, you don't, it doesn't matter how the other person responds. Yeah. They can get angry. They can start calling you even more. They can stop calling you at all. It doesn't matter. You've set the boundary of what you are capable of. Yeah. And, and then your you don't... resentment is gone. Exactly. Then you don't have to resent them. And then when you do answer the phone, you might actually enjoy the conversation exactly. instead of being... Exactly. Oh, I can't believe the calling. I'm right in the middle of stuff. What do they want now? You... <laughs> and, and, we, and then we read into all this stuff like they, they knew I'm really busy and they're doing this to annoy me. No, 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 no. Don't, yeah. don't judge their motives or what, what their reason is. Just set the boundary yeah. and be at peace. Exactly. Start with the small thing, you know, and, and, and we talk about, you know, marriage or a dating relationship. Start with something small. Maybe, maybe you, you're dating and you say to the other person, you know, I feel like when we go out, we should alternate who pays because I'm paying every time. 
and I'm running out of money, you know. Is this a personal story? No, Will? no, it's not. I'm just, just throwing something out there. <laughs> I want to get Lori on the show. I think this probably happened. This sounds like a true-to-life story. No, she usually had more money than I did when we were dating. <laughs> exactly why you would suggest to split the payment. <laughs> Actually, it is a John's thing because I, I have said those things too. <laughs> it's it's whatever it is, you know, it, it and it doesn't have to be like, like your perspective doesn't have to be the right one. Right. But just put it out there. If it matters to you and you feel like, man, you know, I think I just feel like I don't want to be the one paying each time, then don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but our fear, we're just so afraid of the reaction we might get. Yeah. But that's why I say start with some small thing, throw it out there and let the chips fall where they may. You know, if you just take them to Taco Bell every time, they'll get the hint <laughs> that you don't have enough money and uh, you don't even have to have that conversation. <laughs> or, or you just won't get another date. So either way, you get to keep your money. Um, you reminded me, Will, in the book, they talk about the difference between responding and reacting. Oh, yes. And yes. they said unhealthy people react to others whereas healthy people respond mm. to others. And I like that difference. So I just challenge everyone, think about your relationships. Do you react or do you respond? And you say, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is reacting means they're setting the agenda and I'm reacting to it. Responding means I'm taking control, I'm making a choice, I'm being thoughtful, about how I respond. You know, reacting is, oh, great, they're calling again. Hello, what do you want? Uh-huh, okay. Responding mm. is, you know what? I'm in the middle of something. I'm not going to take this call. I'll call them when I have time. Here, here, here's, let me give you a quick principle on that, Rick, that, that has just been life-changing for me. So let's say I get an email that I feel like is attacking me in some way, and it just sends my anxiety through the roof. I feel awful. I wait until I'm back in my right mind again. And maybe that's a day later. Mm. I wait until I processed it, I'm calm, and I decide to respond. And, and the response is, this is something that I'm going to put out there and I'm yeah. comfortable. I'll, I will stand my ground on this point. Yeah. And, and usually, if I were to respond immediately, I'm going to fight about 20 different things in the email. Right. And, and I'm going to miss the most important one. I probably won't even mention that. Yeah. But if I take the time, I figure out, you know, there's, there's really one thing at play here that I need to address. Yeah. I'm going to stand my ground on that one thing. Yeah. And let the chips fall where they may and just let everything else go. That's what I was thinking as you're talking. I think every one of us has sent that reactive email and let me just ask, how did that work out for you? <laughs> I mean, it escalates things, not to mention every one of us have been in arguments, maybe with a spouse or our parents or a loved one or a friend, and you get in a heated argument, you just start reacting. Yeah, yeah. And if you watch, if you can step back, and I challenge any of you to do this sometime, if you start getting in an argument, try to step out of it in your mind and just watch, and you will see that the one issue that was first raised suddenly becomes 20 different issues from the past. And well, you did this. And well, that's, that's funny because you also said that at one point, and then you wanted me to do, 
and all these other things start getting brought up and nothing constructive comes out of that kind of argument, that reactivity. When you get caught up in the emotional, remember that anxiety is being transferred. When you start accepting that anxiety and you start getting caught up in reactivity and get emotionally charged, it's over. And Rick, let me, let me add this to, because this is such an important point that we're talking about right now. Bring your best self to important discussions. Yeah. So if you get triggered and you can tell that you're feeling very, very, very reactive, then step out of the room, call timeout, walk away, whatever you have to do, don't keep going. Yeah. It's just way more you're going to have to apologize for later. Uh, you'll say a bunch of things you regret. You might say some things that the other person will never forget. Yeah. And and could could truly harm them. This is not what you said earlier about the difference between hurt and harm. When we say something that the other, attacking someone for something they can't help, and we're, we're truly harming them, you yeah. know, and that only comes out when we're angry and reactive. Yeah. And so if we step away and bring our best selves to important conversations, it's amazing the difference in the outcome. Yeah. In fact, we're going to talk about next week, John Gottman's book, um, mm. And one of the things he says there is, if you start conversation harshly, it will never end well. Yeah. I mean, that's common sense. But the, this concept of respond versus react is really a foundation to everything we're going to be talking about next week. And, and so a quick little application that you could do this week is decide ahead of time that you're going to respond and not react in a situation with a, an important relationship. So think about right now, what that what is that important relationship? Is it your marriage? Is it a relationship with a parent, with a close friend, with a coworker, with a boss? And now decide, how are you going to give yourself the time and space to calm down so that you can respond instead of react? Yeah. Figure out your, your step out of the room plan, whatever right. that looks like. And maybe that's holding yourself back on, on sending an email or a quick text. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Will? I think the number one thing in closing I want to leave us with is this concept of resentment. Because when I think about my relationships, if there is a relationship that I resent, a relationship that kind of stresses me out, I'm thinking about someone, I know you're thinking about someone right now that you're just like, ah, oh, I just don't know what to do with this person. It's very easy for us to resent them, to start kind of hating them or disliking them or being annoyed by them. And we blame them. But the, the boundaries concept tells us it's not their fault. It's our fault. Mm. It's my fault. If I'm mad at someone... It's my fault because I haven't set the right boundary. I haven't worked that out. And I have to take ownership for that. That relationship, if that person is a little bit dysfunctional or unhealthy, do I think they're going to magically fix it at some point? No, they're probably only going to get worse the more I let them invade my boundaries. So whether they're going to get better or not or whatever, the one thing I can do is I can control my boundaries. I can communicate those. I can set them to a level where I can be okay 
Maybe it's, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you once a week or maybe I'll help you this much and no more. Whatever it is, find your place that you are comfortable with. Base it on what you think is right, not on what will hurt them. Base it on what you think actually might help them, even if it hurts them. And then you can be free. And I think if somebody takes that away from today's podcast, that's invaluable. Rick, I love that because it is so empowering. Yes. You know, the, the, the power really is within us to deal with that resentment. And if we're feeling it, yes, the other person may be doing things that are inappropriate or dysfunctional or unhealthy, but it's up to us to set the boundary so that what they're doing doesn't bother us yep. to that level. And, and it's so empowering. So thank you for giving us that final thought as we have to wrap up today's episode on boundaries. And, and if you are leaving this wanting more, uh, we highly recommend checking out Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend's book, Boundaries. It's a classic. And uh, if you, if you want to go deeper, that's a great starting point. Absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for listening today. We're going to be back with more discussion on relationships. So stay tuned. But until our next episode, have a great week. You've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. We look forward to seeing you next time.